I really love to inspire people to reach for more, challenge themselves, you know, go beyond what they think, right? I really love leading people in that vision, like toward their mission, help them figure out their strategy, their mindset. Like I really love that. And then I love challenging the norms that people think are the right way or the only way of doing something. Rain Podcast. Welcome to Unleash Your Supernova. This is a two-time award-nominated companion podcast to the Unleash Your Supernova book, a guide to mindfulness and manifestation in creative entrepreneurship and life. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, award-winning fashion designer, author, founder, as well as award-nominated producer and host. Just like an exploding star, we all have the ability to shine millions of times more than the sun, to expand into the greatest, brightest version of ourselves, reaching our fullest potential. Join myself and my inspiring guests as we guide you on a journey of growth, creativity, and manifestation in both business and life. My guests are creative entrepreneurs from around the world doing what they love while shining a light to others. Today, I'm excited to have with us Ryan Anderson. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, Nova? Good, good. And Ryan is a dear friend of mine, and he has been on our show before for those who continue to come back each week. So you know you've heard Ryan before. But this is the first time that Ryan is coming on the show with our new format. So excited to see what happens today, what comes out in our conversations today. But for the benefit of our new listeners, I'm going to share a little bit about Ryan. Ryan Anderson Esquire is a business and peak performance coach working with the NFL Alumni Association, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, models, and professional athletes to increase their mental performance, mindset, and relationships. Winner of the prestigious Marquee Who's Who 2020, he is also a contributing writer for both Rain and Brains magazines. He has a master's in counseling psychology from Tarleton State University and a law degree from Texas Tech School of Law and is a member of the Texas Bar. He lives in downtown Fort Worth, Texas with his seeing eye dog, Ziggy, and gets to spend his free time being Ziggy's wingman. <laughs> Sounds like Ziggy keeps you busy, Ryan. He does. He does. He's um, quite a flirt and likes blonde. So it's a really, really terrible side gig, let me tell you. <laughs> it's a terrible side gig. A terrible side gig. It is. It is. It's rough. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So since this is the first time that you're on the show with our new format, I'm going to just enlighten you a little bit. We're going to start with exploring your why. Like, why do you do what you do? And it's something that I bring up in the first chapter of my book, which you're well aware of. And we're going to dive into how does Ryan unleash his supernova? And then we're going to talk about today's topic, which is quit chasing and start allowing. And I cannot wait to go in depth with that for so many reasons. And then I'm going to give you the mic and you're going to play host and ask me whatever question or questions that you want. And then we're going to wrap it up with questions from our listeners. So you ready? Yeah, I am. Sounds good. All right. So Ryan, why do you do what you do? And as you know, when I discuss this in the book, 
I feel that it's so important for our why to be in alignment with our highest self, our greatest good, because a lot of times we do things due to circumstance or peer pressure or obligations or expectations. And it's not always a good feeling. It's not always a good reason. And so I think it's really important that we continue to evaluate our whys in all aspects of our lives. So I'm curious, why do you do what you do as a peak performance coach, mindset coach, visionary coach? What's your why? And I couldn't agree more with what you just said as far as like reevaluating your why and then essentially why why is important, which is you know, it aligns with your values, your thoughts, your beliefs, and really helps you achieve you know your, your ultimate you know mission in life. I would love to say that I knew my why as a child because I know people who do. It took me forever to really figure out what my why was, which is ironic because why is like my favorite question in the world to ask, right? I guess I just never really asked it like, why do I do what I do, right? What really inspires and motivates me and makes me want to jump out of bed and, you know, conquer the day, right? And what really got me to finally ask, really answer that question was uh, reading the book, you know, Start With Why, that kind of started me on my journey, kind of a kindred spirit book of mine. And then it was working on my mission statement actually is what really gave me clarity for my why. And I worked on my mission statement for a couple of years, never could really get one that I thought worked. This is crap. They don't work. This is really, and one day it just like, actually, I think I was talking to you. It just kind of came out of my mouth and clicked and was like, oh my God, that's what my mission statement is. And so like my why really is reflected in my mission statement, which is my mission is to lead, inspire and change the world. Now that I'm in the middle of this, I'm like, what is my mission statement? My mission statement is to change the world by leading, inspiring, and challenging the status quo. That's my mission. And so that reflects my why, which is I really love to inspire people to reach for more, challenge themselves, you know, go beyond what they think, right? I really love leading people in that vision, like toward their mission, help them figure out their strategy their mindset. Like, I really love that. And then I love challenging the norms that people think are the right way or the only way of doing something. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm sorry. Okay. I just, that stood out to me when you first mentioned it in terms of challenging the, sta- the that status, is, status quo. Yeah. And you bring it up again. And I want to dig a little deeper, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like I do in the book. Of course. We peel the onion layers. We ask why. We don't stop at that first answer, right? We then go Mm -hmm. back and ask why and then why again, at least three times. So when you say the status quo, not everyone wants to, you know, push people or inspire people to challenge the status quo. What is the story behind that? Why is that something that's important to you? Honestly, I think I was born that way. I always remember as a child asking my parents, why do we do, you know, whatever the way we're doing it that way, right? And you can never give me a worse answer than that's the way we've always done it. Like, if you can tell me why we're doing it that way, I'm good. So I always kind of grew up challenging why do we do the things the way that we do? And sometimes the old ways are the best ways. Many times they're not because the environment changed, circumstances have changed, people have changed, technology's changed, and no one ever stopped to really ask the question, why are we doing it this way? Is it the best way? Can we figure out a new way to make mm. it faster, to make it more efficient, to make it 
more user friendly, whatever the situation may be, right? And, yeah. and so really kind of has been the way I've always been. And I didn't realize how, I guess, unique that was until I got older and realized people just kind of go through life not really questioning why we do stuff the way we do. And more importantly, can we do it better? And so it's interesting that you said it's something that you were born with in terms of just questioning things around you and mm-hmm. wanting a don't, more in depth. my parents nuts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder, is that a trait for that comes with inventors or poets or entrepreneurs because it also reminds me of a story i'm gonna go back a little bit my oldest son he was in third grade and he had to write a paper and i remember him coming home and sharing the assignment with me and i said okay well what are you gonna write about and he said well i'm going to write about why do we have homework because i don't believe we should have homework and i'm like okay um how is a teacher going to respond to this and i was like well you know what i want to know why (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i want to see what we actually find out when we do the research is homework beneficial what are the reasons outside of the obvious that teachers are assigning homework are there any standards what are Mm -hmm. the outcomes And so we did the research, we put this paper together. And to my surprise, teachers that did not assign homework actually had higher performance from their students and their students scored better on tests and exams, you know, well beyond leaving that classroom. And part of the reason that was associated with this particular study and the results was that the teacher was forced to actually teach and make sure that the students Mm -hmm. comprehended what they were teaching before they left the classroom. Mm -hmm. And there are no standards in doing homework. And Mm -hmm. a lot of teachers assign more homework just so they, the parents seem happy that their students are, or their children are really busy, especially in private schools. Like, oh, the more homework, the better the school. That's why we're Mm -hmm. paying for this tuition. And so anyway, it was fascinating, but he had asked this question in the third grade and he Mm -hmm. wanted to challenge the status quo. And around that time period, he also, was constantly inventing new things and gadgets. And so when you said you were born with this, I was like, huh, that just made me think back to that story with my son and how many of us are born with that, that curiosity, but beyond just, oh, I'm just wondering, no, you want to know, because is that the best way of doing things? Like you're, Uh you also want to solve the problem as well. Like you can intimately sense what could be wrong and then come up with a solution. So I thought that was fascinating that you shared that. It's really, and I'm sure your son has experienced this when he was younger, and I'm sure you did. It really upsets people when you ask why, especially when you're a kid, because you very much get told, like, essentially stay in your place, right? Like, don't quit questioning, just do it. Be like a little soldier. And in many ways, I kind of stifled that as I was junior high, high school, college and stuff. I always still did it on some level, but not as much as I probably should have toward the establishment because... It was just easier not to rock the boat, right? And yeah. Because what, that's what like people, the status quo doesn't want you to rock it because by doing so, like you upset basically the so-called balance of the way things are always done, which affects jobs, which affects money, which affects all kinds of things you know, in the long run. And people just don't like that. And so I really was through the coaching process as mm-hmm. far as my own coaching business that I rediscovered 
the importance of challenging the status quo. And that really is one of my kind of missions in life. Mm. And it's unfortunate that we stifle that in children, right? Because those questions are what lead to the answers, the solutions that will change the world. Like solutions never come. Like they always follow a question. Always. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, I think that's a really great point. I am super curious to how do you unleash your supernova? How do you tap into that limitless potential? I mean, I could hear the energy and excitement in your voice as you're sharing these stories and your why. And not everyone wakes up with that level of like passion and determination. And so I would love for you to share with our listeners, how are you tapping into that? potential, those superpowers, your supernova. How are you unleashing your supernova? Yeah, again, this took a while too because I was repressing it. And this kind of came about in a mastermind that I, I was in, I'm in. And I forgot what the question was, but I remember telling them that I was essentially kind of holding back my true energy because I small town and you know it's all about mm. being humble and you know staying in your place. And, and so I have a lot of that kind of background culture you know still in me mm-hmm. and part of that is not being arrogant right like not being bigger than your britches right i've heard mm-hmm. i can times i heard this kid and i know i can kind of walk that line sometimes and i was telling them that and they kind of gave me the permission to be arrogant in those words i'm not arrogant but that was the word we were using at the time and really allow that freedom of expression and what ended up happening was it was almost like it took a filter or a funnel out of my flow of energy. And it allowed, it was the weirdest experience. It allowed for really freedom of energy flow, like it, which led to expression, like much better creativity, much better expression and much better, really just energy and excitement for what I'm doing, right? And so it was a long journey to get there because this is probably less than a month ago that this really happened. But it really was, allowing myself to express my truth unabashedly. And that doesn't mean I'm walking around screaming I'm the greatest or like, you know, saying whatever (laughs) I want at whatever time, right? It's more about allowing that energy to flow within me, allowing those thoughts to happen within me. Doesn't mean they're always expressed, but I allow them to happen, right? And it just freed, freed everything up from an energy perspective. And that's what gives me energy and excitement, right? Not only for me, but to hopefully unleash that within my clients as well. That's awesome. And I don't know if you noticed this, but you mentioned allowing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> several times. Yeah. So this is the perfect time to transition into the topic of our podcast, quit chasing and start allowing. And it sounded like this was something that you recently did and it had a profound impact on you, on mm-hmm. your work with your clients and I think it's so important for our listeners to know that our changes, our leveling up isn't always when we're teens or in our 20s or what have you. Like it happens when it happens. But if you're intentional about it, you can make it happen whenever you want. And it's not so much, oh, I'm at this job in this role in my job. So I don't really need to go further, grow more, level up, change or anything like that or I'm this age and I don't need to do that. Or if I've already accomplished everything that I wanted to materially, so I'm good. It's not about that. It's about our well-being, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, you weren't allowing your true self to 
shine for whatever those reasons were. So I, I love that we're talking about this today. Quit chasing and start mm-hmm. allowing. And you and I were in a conversation a few weeks ago and that came up and I thought that was so powerful. I wrote it down and I was like, Ryan, I need to get you on the show so you can share this <laughs> yeah, because yeah. everyone needs to hear it. And it's so simple, but so profound. So I'm going to let you take it from here. I would love for you to break down your thoughts around quit chasing and start allowing. Yeah. So that was, wasn't even something I had thought about until it came up when we were in that session and you were expressing what you're expressing. And it really felt like you were chasing ideas, thoughts, paths that weren't really true to your core, to your values, your ideas, your thoughts. And you also were fighting, allowing not the only the energy flow, but allowing the great things that were coming to you to come to you and influence where you were going to go directionally within your life, within your business, within all that kind of stuff, right? And it's funny that we say this, we're talking about this now, and I was reading something yesterday and it was talking about frameworks, right? And how frameworks really influence how you see the world. And more importantly, they create blind spots because you're only looking for the things that your framework is telling you to look for and you're not seeing the obvious things that aren't within that framework, right? And it's kind of the same concept, right? You're not allowing all of the information that's available to come through to now come up with solutions that may be very different than the framework that you're working in. And I think an example here would really clarify this. So when I came, when I, when I was talking about this, I have a friend that I went to dinner with the other night who is getting her master's in neurobiology. And they were doing an experiment. Actually, they were reproducing the experiment that had been done. And the question they had to answer after reproducing the experiment was, how could you do this differently? How could you make this better? And the whole group, including her, only came up with one solution, which was tested on a different gender of rat. Because it's biology, right? They do rats. And it was funny because, I mean, not only do I have, you know, my, my master's and my, we took, you know, research methods, but because I was not in that mental framework, I was not in that group think I could step back. I was like, here are three different ideas that you could do for change the test. And she's like, oh my God, this is brilliant. It wasn't that I was brilliant. It was that I had a different perspective, right? I was seeing things through a different framework. I didn't have those blind spots. And that kind of stuff, that's what I mean by allowing, right? You have to allow the information to come in, right? Not go chasing what you think the solution is, what you think your best customers are, what you think the best idea is, because that's going to be influenced by your by the way you see the world, by your history, by your culture, by whatever, right? But if you allow the information to come in as pure as you possibly can, you will be able to evaluate and your best customers will come to you because it'll be, you know, you'll be expressing your true self, your true thoughts, your true values, your true ideas, and those that energy, that information will attract the kind of customers, because that's what we were talking about at the time, that Mm -hmm. you're going to be looking for, right? Yeah. And I also, as you're sharing, what also comes to mind is the mindset of standing still with your arms open Mm -hmm. versus running as fast as you can to catch that thing that is so ahead of you, you have to chase it. That's a very powerful illustration. Yeah. I think that sums it up beautifully. Yeah. And so I feel if 
let's just say, for example, the most simplest thing, we all have birthdays that come every year. We know they're coming <laughs> and we're not chasing the birthday. We know that we just have to be patient and one month will go by and another, and eventually our birthday is here. We allow it. Mm -hmm. We Some celebrate, some don't, but we know it's coming. If we didn't believe it was coming and we really like birthdays, we may be chasing after whatever that thing is to make the birthday come again. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel that if we are able to get into a space, a mindset where whatever that thing is that we want, let's say it's a healthier body, let's say it's a more rested mind, let's say it's five more clients or a, a trip to Italy, whatever that thing is, and if we get into that state of mind where we know it's coming, we are calm and at peace that it's literally, we know this. It's not like, oh, is my birthday going to come this year? You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We know it's going to come. And when we do that, we then start preparing. And so we clear that way. We clear that space. If we're going to move from one house to another, if we sell our home, and we know a new set of people are moving into our home. We're not going to be here when that moving van shows up with that new family. Right? Mm -hmm. We are going to prepare to move to that new space and prepare for someone else to come in. You know, it's, it's getting into that mindset of, I know this is coming. I could see it. I could taste it. I could feel it. I, and I'm going to prepare for this. And I'm going to stand here with open arms and I'm going to allow it to come. And I just think that with the chasing aspect, there's, there's still this sense of doubt because what if in the, and let's just say in a game of tag, what if the person is running faster than you? And so mm -hmm. you may never even catch up to them. Like chasing is literally the act of trying to catch something, right? Mm -hmm. so you're always in that act and you don't actually have that thing that you want. So I think even like from a mindset standpoint, it's so different and how you behave with those two words, I think also radically changes. It does because you made two points that made me think with the, like staying there with the open arms. That's kind of like what the, the Zen Buddhists call like the beginner's mind, which is very popular in coaching too. And it's not that you don't know anything and that you don't have all this past experience, past knowledge. It's that your mind is open to new information, new solutions, new mm -hmm. outcomes. So you're always open to look for information. And where this relates to what you're talking about is like with your analogy of like tag and chasing. If you're chasing, you have a singular outcome that you're looking for, which is tag your it. But if you're standing there open with that beginner's mind, allowing things to come to you, you don't have that singular outcome that you're expecting, right? You are now flexible to pivot, to come up with five different solutions versus one solution. Maybe mm -hmm. you have 15 outcomes that you work out with, right? So that really is the significance and the difference of it, right? It just allows you to be so much more flexible, intuitive, in tune to the opportunities that are coming to you versus thinking that there's only one and I must chase it. That's a, that's a very scarce mindset versus yep. the allowing, which is... Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, what also comes to mind, as you were saying that, I was thinking, allowing, I just had this feeling of zen. This, mm -hmm. <laughs> this, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. And then yeah. when you're chasing, you're in that act. And that just made me think of the hamster wheel. If you're always in the doing, how and when do you take that moment to allow? 
right? And so I just, that was something that came to me as you were sharing that is just being still sometimes. And like you said, being open to those solutions that are coming to you, being in that mindset of knowing and believing as opposed to hoping. I know this is going to happen. I'm feeling it. I'm seeing it. I'm tasting it. I am there in my mind and I'm going to allow the people, the resources, the knowledge, the wisdom, the advice, the circumstances to happen to allow this into my life because I know it's coming into my life. And that is so powerful. And as a mom, I was just thinking when you are carrying that child for months and months, you do the things in preparation for the birth. You are, mm-hmm. you know, you're changing things maybe in your home or, or what you're eating, the activities, you might be adding more activities into your life to better prepare you for this new role. Because And you are just allowing this, you're not doing anything to the baby. The baby's just growing on its own, right? Mm-hmm. And you have the knowing that this is a child that's going to grow and one day it's going to be birthed. And, and so in the meantime, you're preparing and you're allowing for that. And ideas are things that we birth. Projects are things that we birth. Opportunities are things that we birth. And so if we can also can kind of think about, well, how do we prepare for this? How do we allow it? How do we make room in our life, in our mind to have that circumstance, that experience, that event, that person actualize? And that, again, that illustration is beautiful because it actually brings up a point that I was going to bring up. One of the things that I think coaching is a really bad job of, because I've heard people talk about allowing before, and allowing sounds very passive, like, oh, I'm just going to stand back and the universe is going to take care of me. But like you said with that with that pregnancy analogy, everything that you discussed, you're allowing the baby to grow, you're allowing those changes to happen, but you also were active in your preparation to make sure your home is safe, your body's prepared, your mind's prepared, your family's prepared to for this child to come into you know the best home possible. So allowing, the point I wanna make is like, allowing isn't this passive process of not actualizing your dreams. It's mentally being open to opportunities that come your way while you're doing the steps to actualize your dreams, right? You still have to be active in your behaviors Otherwise, nothing ever gets done. And I think that's something that, especially coaching as a disservice, it's all about the mental, it's all about the mindset, it's all about allowing to happen. Yeah, 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 it is. It's a, allow the energy to flow, allow the opportunities to come your way, allow the thoughts, ideas to happen. But you still have to do the behaviors, the physical stuff to make those things happen once they come your way. And I think that was a really important part that needs to be made, point that needs to be made. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad that you, you brought that back. So thank you for that. And this is the moment in the show where I pass you the microphone and you become host. You could ask me whatever you want. Yeah, let's go deep and serious here. I (laughs) actually have a question for you. So now that we're talking about allowing, right? I would love to know, (laughs) like looking through your history, what was the one moment you can look back and go, you allowed something to come to you and happen and it was a profound change in like the trajectory of your life? Ooh. I know, uh, right? Serious, off the bat. <laughs> Can we go light and... <laughs> no, of course not. No, of course not. It's all about being impactful. All about being impactful. Right. Oh, something that I allowed that made a serious impact on my life. You know, I would say there were so many things, but I, what jumps out at me 
right now in this moment is Rain Magazine. And mm-hmm. I share that because at the moment that, or the, the time period where I decided to create this magazine and bring it to life, I had no business, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Adding mm-hmm. anything else to my plate. Literally, I had no business. I, I had recently opened a store. I had recently given birth to my fourth child. All my children were under eight at the time. And I'm managing this store with employees and clients. And I had my collection that I was still designing and selling along with all these other products in the store. And four children, four very young children in a new home because we had just moved into this home about a year prior. And so things were still very new there and the store was new, this new baby. And and here I am, oh, I should launch a magazine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And my only experience in publishing at the time was working for this really large publishing house as an editor on their team with an incredible team of individuals. But that was my only exposure and that was for about six months. But I had the confidence in my writing I would play around with poetry and I and I loved writing and I did fairly well in my college and grad courses in terms of papers and things like that. And I relied on my sense of creative direction and storytelling through imagery in terms of, okay, I'm confident enough where I could find the content to appeal to others that would at least have a similar taste. And then I allowed the team to organically just come to life. And within months after having this idea, I had an incredibly talented team in different parts of the world or the country. And I had to allow for this new process of running and managing a virtual company to also happen. I mean, there were so many things that I could have chosen to walk away from because I had never really done this before. Mm-hmm. I, out of my team of five, only one was in the same state. <laughs> one was in Canada and we didn't have all these wonderful tools that we have now in terms of virtual communication and team building. And I just had to allow this idea to come to life. It was, it came to me. I felt very passionate about it. I wanted to really help other creative entrepreneurs. And I just had to allow things to naturally manifest themselves to, but with that though, as you mentioned about taking action, I didn't just like sit at my desk and say, oh, it's going to happen. No, I made Mm -hmm. phone calls. I did research. I had conversations with individuals. I shared my idea and my passion to help other creative entrepreneurs with other creatives. And they stepped in and say, hey, I want to help. I want to do this. What can I do? As I would meet people in my day to day, I would share this concept of the magazine and then I had people say, oh, can I be interviewed? Here's my story. Or you should interview this person over here. Here's their story. And that's how it came about. It was for me, one, knowing that this was something I wanted to do with a true authentic purpose behind it and allowing all of the resources to come to bring it to life. And that's how much I believed in it. And I didn't force it. I didn't chase it. I wasn't doubting it. I just really got excited about this thing. I didn't know how I was going to balance it with my other responsibilities, but I knew that it had to come to life. And it it allowed me to come up with the solutions in terms of how frequently I should publish the magazine and what should the format be and what should the processes be. And all of those were built around my very, very tight schedule 
And it created a system, a very unique system that is, you know, Wayne is 15 years old today, um, Rain Magazine, that allowed us to go through the ups and downs of this publishing and digital space to still be here, inspiring other creative entrepreneurs 15 years later. Happy birthday for Rain, by the way. I didn't know that. Yeah, Um, March will be our 15th year. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned something in that answer that I think is very important for listeners to know. And you mentioned confidence several times. So where do you think your confidence comes from? Is it natural? Is it created? And if it's created, how do you think you fostered it? Hmm. Is it natural? I would say both of those things. I mean, if I go back to childhood, I think... I was confident in how I dealt with individuals because in my culture, Jamaican culture, as children, we were expected to hold conversations with adults and, you know, be confident around individuals that were older than us and hold your head up, make the eye contact, speak with confidence. But then also I was surrounded by brothers. I grew up with four brothers and older, three older, one younger. And at the time, for many years, I was the only girl. And so I learned how to engage and interact with different personalities, male personalities around me. So that gave me a confidence as I went into middle school and high school in terms of interacting with all sorts of personalities and my teachers, my coaches, things like that. But as it related to career-wise, I think It's natural anytime we step into a new space or area of interest and you don't know a lot about Uh it. That's where I would say my confidence would wane. And what I would naturally do is just start researching. And thank goodness I like to research and ask questions. And if I don't know something, if there's something new, I'll just spend the time learning about the space, the language, the type of people, I would try to find people in that space and I'd ask them questions. And then the more I learned, the more information I gathered, the more confident I became. And so whenever there's a new skill or a new task or a new project that I want to step into, I take the time to learn about it, to build my confidence, to move forward in that new space. And so I would say both, there's that natural confidence that I carry with me. And then there was something you mentioned in another conversation we had where your uniqueness, if you allow it, can give you confidence. And I feel that in there were so many situations where I was the only, the only, the only one of two, one of three throughout mm-hmm. my life in various, various circumstances that I had to embrace that uniqueness to shine and let that be why I would be the one that would stand out, why I would be the one that would win the race, why I'd be the one that would get the A on the paper. And and so I think also, if we can, each of us, embrace the uniqueness we bring to any situation. You know, my uniqueness when I decided to get into publishing was that one, I didn't know the rules, so I could break the rules. <laughs> I could make my own rules. Uh-huh. Yep. And that was very helpful at that time for me. And also I had, as a fashion designer, I wanted to bring a very fashion forward perspective in a non-fashion magazine, a non-traditional fashion magazine. And so again, when we look at the uniqueness that we bring and we hold onto it, it also can give us confidence in any situation. 
Yeah, you brought up a really, really important point that I think, again, this is very much in the tech culture, but it's in coaching as well. You mentioned, like, it's the whole fake it till you make it concept, which I disagree with completely. What you said is really where confidence comes from, which is we are confident when we feel prepared, when we feel like we know enough about it to make accurate decisions. And you said, so usually I think the best kind of position to have is like you are confident in your abilities to learn to figure it out but then you put in the time the effort the work to as in your example educate yourself to be you know the best that you possibly can can be in whatever arena you're playing in right and that i think is a really healthy confident mindset versus the whole fake it till you make it which is like oh yeah i'm great i can do this 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 it's much more like you know what i can figure this out if you give me the opportunity like those mm-hmm. are two entirely different mindsets and two entirely different way that you're presenting yourself to your potential clients right and i think one is healthy and i think one can lead to things like we work right like huge essentially investor scandals or schemes right so um, i just want to bring up that point because i thought it was yeah uh, no i appreciate it, that and i appreciate the questions too those are really really good questions and allowed me to kind of just go back in time and think about that. And so Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. And so now we come to where I will take back the mic and ask you one question from our listeners and to wrap up the show. And the question is, which of your creative projects makes you most proud? Which of my creative projects makes me most proud? Oh, that's so hard to say because I guess I don't look at my products as very creative. Okay, this is going to sound terribly arrogant, but this is probably the truest answer possible. My own self-development is probably what makes me most proud. Uh, Yeah, it's because, again, I grew up in a very small town, you know, with certain ways of thinking, certain cultures and environments. And then, you know, just through grad school, law school, I did moving to cities, downtowns. I put myself in very different cultures, environments that have, they didn't force me, but I wanted to change to, and better, but adapt to, I wanted to change so I could thrive in those different cultures and environments. And that forced me to, to learn, grow, and evolve very differently than the rest of my family and definitely the way that I grew up, right? So I would say that's probably been my, the creative project that I'm most proud of because it took a lot, of, a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of allowing myself, again, allowing, allowing myself to think differently than the rest of my family and the community that I grew up with and being okay with it, right? Because that all the stuff that I've now learned, I can now apply to my clients. So it may have selfish origins in some ways, but I can still bring a tremendous amount of value to, to help my clients, to help my community, to help the people that I you know, interact with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, no, that's great. I think personal development is really, it should be the number one priority for all of us. And Agreed. And see and appreciate how you've grown and how you change and evolve for the better is powerful and then you just hold on to that and you continue to grow and i think that's why we're all here we are all Mm -hmm. here i feel to grow to challenge ourselves to experience new things and step outside of our comfort zone and to some of us we're walking through tunnels of fire and when we get out we're stronger for it and so i think 
That is an excellent answer. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. And Mm -hmm. thank you for joining us again on Unleash Your Supernova. This was a ton of fun. And I I really believe this topic is so important for our listeners to Mm -hmm. quit chasing. Like, what are you chasing? No, start allowing. You know it's coming and prepare for that. You know, whatever that you need to do to prepare for that. So, so happy we had a chance to talk about that. And of course, I'm going to have to have you back because there's a ton of things we could talk about. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so we'll definitely have you back. How can our listeners stay in touch with you? If they have any questions, they want to reach out to you. What is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So my website is Ryan, R-Y-O-N, Esquire.com. And then email is probably the best. It's Ryan, R-Y-O-N, at RyanEsquire.com. And I'm also everywhere at Ryan Esquire. So, and speaking so, of uniqueness, Ryan with an O. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I have I yet was, to meet any other Ryan with an O. So I had a friend one time that I made a comment like that with her, and she's like, "I know I was born to greatness." Yep, I was born to greatness with the O. Yep, blame my mom. It's all her fault. All right, awesome. So, for our listeners, thank you again for listening to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, your guide to creativity, manifestation, and mindfulness where we show you how to tap into and become the brightest version of yourself. If you like what you've heard today, please share and subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all new episode releases. And for those of you who have not yet gotten the book, Unleash Your Supernova, what are you waiting for? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, you name it, your favorite bookstore, it has it. Get your copy today. It is your guide to increase creativity, beat burnout, and thrive on your journey as a creative entrepreneur. So definitely get it, gift it. You will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for joining me on Unleash Your Supernova, your two-time award-nominated podcast and companion show to the book, Unleash Your Supernova. I'm Nova Lorraine and looking forward to joining you again next time. Ciao.